Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't a best All right Welcome to Lombardi's Legends Podcast It's Dane I'm here with Wags And Wags it's as simple as this The Packers are 8-2 We're playing team I hate the most The Minnesota Vikings this week uh, what more can be said? I throw the records out. I just want to beat the Vikings. I hate the Vikings, and I I, I can't wait to play on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. I, it's this is one of those weeks where we don't necessarily have to be complimentary of the competition. Uh, <laughs> Vikings might be decent. I don't know. They're probably better than their record, four and five. But whatever. We hate the Vikings. And so I'm not going to be nice about it. Uh, I'll be professional, but that doesn't mean I have to be nice. Right, Dan? No, it, it, that's right. I mean, they're awful team, awful fan base. So I'll just say it. I hate them so much and I just want to beat them. Uh, you know, and, and Matt LaFleur has been really, really good against the NFC North in his first two seasons as Packers head coach. And I'd like to see that continue. And I'll put it a different way. Let's look at it through a different lens. If the Packers take care of business on this Sunday and we, you know, we go into Minnesota, which is not an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, if we get in there and we take care of business, though, I mean, we're we're in the driver's seat. We're already in the driver's seat for winning the North, but we're we're you know squarely in the driver's seat, and everybody's really far behind at that point. So I think it's a pretty crucial game. It's always crucial to win division games, but this week in particular, it'd be good. I think it kind of puts a lot to bed. It kind of breaks the spirit of those Vikings a little bit as well, does it not? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to downplay the importance of any divisional game, but the reality is, is even if we lose, we're still going to have basically a three-game lead against the Vikings, um, and we're going to Minnesota. So it's never an easy uh, task to try to go unbeaten in the division. I think that's still asking a lot, even in a year where it looks like the rest of the the division is down in the NFC North. Um, that said, I, I'm certainly expecting the Packers to come out and do everything they can to get a win this week and, and really put the nail on the uh, – coffin of the Vikings hopes for trying to turn things around the second half and make a run for the playoffs Um, with the extra uh, playoff team this year, having a a seventh seed in the picture, they're right in the thick of things uh, as far as that's concerned. So even if they can't make a run for the division win or lose on Sunday, uh, I would uh, prefer to keep the Vikings uh, chances of, of making the playoffs slim and none. And that's what this week can start the process of accomplishing for sure. Um, Dane, let's, let's get into a couple of things. Um, I I know that we've got some updates on the injury front. Uh, Obviously last week was pretty tough. It was looking rough. It looks like we escaped that. Okay. There was some good and bad news coming out of that. Um, But I think uh, let's start. Uh, Whitney Merciless did have a season ending uh, biceps injury, kind of as we feared coming out of that one. It was so quiet. And then Coach LaFleur uh, did confirm that in his press conference the other day. Packers put him on, on the IR. So he is out for the season. The good news is that Rashawn Gary has been uh, both a limited and now a full participant in practice uh, so far this week. Uh, it looked like he was going to have the worst injury of the bunch. And uh, he is potentially on track to actually go out there and play this Sunday. Um, and then, of course, Aaron Jones 
uh, with the MCL strain. Looks like that'll be a one, two week injury. We kind of expect he'll be out the next couple of weeks and perhaps make his return after the bye. So, uh, Dane, I, I don't know if you have any real thoughts about any of those injuries or kind of how the Packers uh, kind of came through all of that. Yeah, I mean, it stinks. The merciless one just stinks, right? I, I think that he was coming on. He showed that he still had plenty left in the tank. Yeah, coming to Green Bay, he was getting a ton of pressures and hurries early on. So it's just it's it's too bad. I had dreams of um, you know around holiday season. You have dreams of sugar plums dancing in your head. I had dreams of Merciless and Gary and Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith dancing in my head. We lose Merciless, but um, how about Rashawn Gary, man? I, I don't know. I mean, it gives me chills a little bit thinking about his his um, intensity. For this team, he's one of the hardest working dudes in the NFL. He's he's one of the best. He's becoming. I mean, he's the best pass rusher on the Packers right now. I'll argue that with anybody. Zadarius Smith's not playing football, and the the fact that he's putting out the output he's done all year. Um, the announcers legs last week saying they wouldn't show the injury because it was too gruesome to show on TV, and the fact that this dude is going to somehow you know slap on a brace and play with this injury. It just says a lot about who he is. And uh, I'm excited to see him out there. We've seen Packers in the past play with clubs. I'm not sure if I've seen guys play with machinery on their elbows like we might see with Rashawn. I'll be curious to see how it impacts his play. Um, but the reality is, is the Packers are better when Rashawn Gary's out on the field. He's um, becoming a great defensive player for them. Uh, I loved his message to the fan base, basically saying, if they're not on my payroll or I'm not on theirs, don't listen to them. The D train moves on. Um, I, I love it. Uh, I'm excited to see him play. And Wags, I expect him to play at a high level going forward. I'm curious your take on this. I mean, I, maybe we don't get the same output. You need to have extension to be a pass rusher. There's a lot you need to do to be a pass rusher. It's not just speed. Um, so I'll be curious to see how he plays with this injury. But um, this guy's tough as nails at this point, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, first we'll have to see how he responds to practice and if he does get cleared to play Sunday. Certainly it looks like he's doing everything he can to be out there, but if the medical staff decides to hold him out, he may not mm. have a choice in the matter. So we will find that out certainly probably by Saturday. We'll have a good idea of whether he's going to go. It's definitely optimistic as far as signs go. Uh, so that's good news. And it, look, even if he misses one week i think we'll take that considering yeah. what we were thinking uh at the time of that injury um, it does remind me though it's kind of like uh that old movie major pain you want to <laughs> do something to take your mind off of that finger? i think that's kind of what we were seeing with rashawn on the sideline um the dislocation can be pretty gruesome but you see that with any joint if they can just you know pop it back oh, yeah. in all of a sudden it's just like i it it looks awful and you don't think that the body should be able to do that and i'm sure it's super sore and i'm sure it doesn't feel great still but the fact that he escaped any um broken bones or ligament damage I, you know there's really no reason he shouldn't be able to play um that's that's really all it comes down to. So if structurally he's fine and he's just feeling a little sore and they brace him up and he's ready to go, uh, it, you know, it's like you said, Nick Perry out there with mm -hmm. a club, second half of the season, it was, it was like clockwork, right? Yeah. And Nick Perry was with the Packers as the pass rusher. And um, so Rashawn Gary, 
I mean, if he's got to brace up and uh, put that arm machinery on and, and uh, I think he's only just going to go to the next level, Dane. So yeah. um, definitely good news there. Let's talk a little bit about David Bakhtiari. It's uh, been kind of some, you know, rumor mills going on that he might have had a setback. The Packers are denying that that's the case and uh, not saying, obviously, we have any inside information on that. But um, the fact is, uh, David was uh, eligible to start practicing back on, I believe, October 20th. He made nine straight practices and all of the opportunities he had uh, from that date until last week, Friday. All of a sudden, he sits out Friday. It looks like he might play before Friday last week, as soon as last week in Seahawks. We weren't totally optimistic that was going to happen. Sits Friday, downgraded to doubtful, and then he's missed every practice so far this week. Um, So, you know, Coach LaFleur is saying no setbacks. This is part of the process. He's day-to-day. Hopes he's going to still be back this season. Kind of a strange way to answer the question. It is. I get they don't want to answer. I'm I'm not expecting them to go into detail of exactly what their plan is or what's going on. But, um, you know, offensive line coach Adam Stenovich uh, actually was a little bit more transparent, even saying that, you know, the the biggest issue is that they want to make sure he can actually, um, you know, make it through a full game. And they're not sure how they can determine that yet um, based on the limited practice that they've had. They're not really full contact, uh, et cetera. I even said that um, if or when he does come back, they mm-hmm. might have him potentially alternating series with right. uh, Yash Nyman, which I thought was Probably not something he was supposed to say based on how LaFleur is answering the questions. But um, I don't know. Dane, what is your read on this? Should we be concerned uh, about uh, what's going on with David Bakhtiari? Because it doesn't seem like it's, you know, a natural progression as far as the way we're expecting. I'm I'm concerned. I mean, the reality is I am because because of everything that you just listed. Generally speaking, when a guy's ready to go, they're ready to go right? Especially with this kind of injury and this far out. Um, it's it's concerning. And and I get this is a Packer coaching staff and, and particularly, I say coaching staff, I think more of a training staff that has been more conservative than a lot of um, training staffs, I would say, around the NFL over the last few years. They hold guys out a little bit longer, maybe, than others. And Bakhtiari is your franchise left tackle. I get it. But if he's not able to go, um, and and it, it seemed more optimistic, did it not? I would say three weeks ago, it seemed like box coming back. It's going to happen soon. Um, Lafleur, generally speaking, is pretty good, I think, and pretty upfront during a lot of his press conferences. He's a pretty candid coach. He he hides things. He's not just going to spell it out for you. But we kind of knew, and you pointed this out, merciless. We had a feeling Merciless was probably going to be out uh, for the year before he was listed as out for the year based on how LaFleur answered the question, saying he's sick for the guy, you know, and, and these types of things. When he starts saying about if David's back, I mean, that's that's not a um, – Wags, that's not a – that's not something that he's just putting out there. I mean, I think that's a reality uh, of the fact. And this Packers offensive line has rallied without David Bakhtiari, but we've both been holding out hope all along. And and I, I don't know about you. I've started to assume Bach was going to be back. 
at some point this season. I really did. I thought it would really shake up this entire offensive line for the positive. So the fact that this is where we're at right now and we're talking about rotating guys in, which is not something that normally happens at this level at the left tackle position, it is a bit of a concern for me. And uh, it's something that I think we need to keep an eye on. Um, I'm glad, obviously, he was um, taken off of the IR and they were able to bring him back. They felt confident enough to bring him there, and we're not getting bad news. You know, in week eight, all of a sudden, Box just going to the IR for the season. However, um, you know, I, I would like to see more of a, a more set-in-stone date that David's going to be back maybe after the bye week, for example. You know, and I just don't think that we've gotten those assurances yet, and that is concerning. Yeah, and we were talking offline before we got on, too, that – Look, I, I maybe I'm expecting too much or reading too much into it, but if if he was having soreness and maybe even some some swelling in the knee, um, that's not necessarily a good thing. But at right. the same time, it's it wouldn't be terribly unexpected for a guy that's been on a shelf as long as he has. And uh, so, if that were the case, and they said, "Well, we just want to put you know pump the brakes, we're going to take him uh, uh, ha- have him rest for a week or two." see how he responds and then start to ramp him back up again. Uh, I, I think nobody's really going to question that. Now, would that be considered a setback? I, I guess technically that would be a setback, but um, I don't understand what's to gain by, you know, being so cagey about situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not talking about a quarterback. David Bakhtiari is highly important to, um, you know, improving uh, this offensive line and this offense as a whole. But from a strategic standpoint, it's not like he's being game planned against at the left tackle position. It's sort of, well, David's out there. It's going to make the the day at the office a lot harder to try to get to the quarterback. Um, Outside of that, I just don't really quite understand. I mean, I, I, I know that you know, typically you're not going to go into detail on injuries and guys that are on the IR. Um, and I guess technically he's not on the IR right now. So it's fair to wonder if the Packers are, you know, actually disclosing the information they should, considering he's on the active 53. Um, you know, he has to have an injury designation. As, and, and I guess I'm not quite understanding uh, the approach here. But um, so I, I don't mean to make that sound like a complaint. They can don't rush him back, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, I am definitely concerned as well, because it doesn't seem like um, that there's, this is a nothing burger. As far as I'm concerned, the normal ramp up for a guy that has played as so much football as David Bakhtiari has is if he was cleared to start practicing three and a half weeks ago, he made nine practices. I would have expected him to be out on the field probably as early as last week, if not this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a guy that needs, you would think, would need, you know, 15, 20 practices in order to be ready to go uh, for right. Sunday. So um, so there, it may not be as big as we're fearing, but I, I don't think this is nothing either at the t- same time. So I guess we'll just have to continue to monitor that. But at this point, I, I don't think there's any reason for Packer fans to expect Bakhtiari to be out there um, before the bye at the earliest. No, I so, agree. Um, so I, I think we're just going to have to kind of continue to be patient and hope for the best with that one. Um, okay, Dane, uh, any other injuries or any other news and notes that you think you want to hit on before we dive into the matchups? 
I don't think so. I mean, outside of Bach, it seems like a lot of the Packers are trending in the right direction. I know Aaron Rodgers has a toe issue, um, but he said he's playing this week. He didn't practice. Doesn't matter. Aaron's going to play this week. It seems like Kingsley Kiki's, um, you know, getting through the the concussion issue um, pretty well here. It seems like Stokes was added with a thumb issue, but the knee injury doesn't seem to be an issue. I mean, I, I think overall, Wags, Packers are getting where they need to be. Dominic Daphne, another guy who's a limited participant today, which is good. He missed last week. So all things considered, I think they're starting to work their way back. Um, so, no, I, I don't think that that's something that's going to be something I'm keeping too much an eye on. Does anybody stick out to you? Kevin King, by any chance? I know Kevin kind of got pulled early, uh, kind of a shoulder groin issue going on with Kevin. Um, but, I mean, I think he's going to be probably pretty good to go as well on Sunday. Yeah, uh, it appears so. He was a, a participant in practice both days, the last couple of days. Um, and so unless there was more to it than uh, what we found out after practice, I don't think that should be too much of a concern. So, yeah. um, okay, Dan, why don't we start uh, with the Packers offense against this Vikings defense? Um, so key number one this week for you, because um, I, I mean, we might sound like a broken record, but um, I, I think this is going to be one of those weeks where we're going back on the road. Um, Packers have done pretty well with that. Uh, we're familiar with Coach Zimmer's uh, defense and scheme and what they're going to try to do against us. Um, but uh, one thing that I guess I'm circling and not to answer my own question completely is, um, you know, getting that run game going. But at the same time, I, I do feel like this might be a week where we might need an explosive player too. And I, I know I keep saying that every week and we still haven't really seen it. I We've gotten some chunk yardage plays, but um, I, I think, uh, you know, this is a, a game that uh, Coach LaFleur said after last week, he feels mm -hmm. like this team is a little bit tired. And so I do have yeah. a little bit of concern uh, if we're going to try and get into another grinded out type game, four quarter game, um, just trying to control time of uh, possession for a full four quarters with this Vikings offense, having some explosive playmakers, they can kind of take the air out of it a little bit. Um, if we don't uh, kind of put some pressure on them. So what do you, what do you think as far as um, main keys and priorities uh, against this Vikings defense? I, I'll tell you what, I'm excited for this to be uh, to watch AJ Dillon play football on this stage. It's his job now or at least for the next couple of weeks, obviously, as running back. So I'm going to be circling A.J. Dillon. I don't think that that's anything that is uh, remarkable to say. A lot of folks are going to be watching what A.J. Uh, is able to do. But I think that this Packer offensive line, excuse me, against this Vikings defensive line, um, they, the Vikes still have some guys. I mean, Delvin Tomlinson is a guy who can stop the run. Sheldon Richardson, not the same guy he used to be by any stretch of the imagination in the middle, uh, but can still plug up some holes, um, you know, I think pretty pretty well. Um, Everson Griffin off the edge, their linebacking core can get after it. Anthony Barr, who we all know way too well, uh, you know, Kendricks, all these guys. We know who this Minnesota Vikings team is, Wags, I think, pretty well. Um, I want to see A.J. Dillon run that football, take care of the football um, up there in Minnesota. It gets loud up there. It gets weird up there. Um, there's no doubt about it. Um, I agree with you. Big plays. I, I think this is a bit of a trap game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, just kind of coming into it. The Vikings have a lot to play for right now. They're battling for, you know, 
you know, seventh seed, I think you mentioned earlier, playoff position. They're playing the, this Packers team. The Packers have one of the latest buys in all football. These aren't excuses. These are just facts uh, against this Vikings team. So I want to see the Packers get up there and play with a chip on their shoulder and push this defensive line around. I mentioned an awful lot of guys on this Vikings defense, but I'll tell you what. I think um, our, our offensive line lines up really well against guys like Armin Watts, their nose tackle, and Dalvin Tomlinson, uh, who's going to play more of that defensive tackle position for Minnesota. And uh, I want to keep the ball uh, on the ground as much as humanly possible. I'll be curious to see what the split looks like for this Packers offense running the ball. A.J. Dillon's going to get the lion's share. There's no doubt about it. But um, Patrick Taylor. Coming off the practice squad a couple weeks ago, all of a sudden he's going to be our number two running back this week. What does that look like for him? Because A.J. Dillon's not going to be able to get every touch in this game as well. They're going to have to lean on somebody like a Patrick Taylor as well, not only running the ball, but also potentially in pass protection. Um, but if we're talking about big plays, Wags, look no further than MVS. I, I, I um, MVS early last week had a really, really nice play and then kind of disappeared a little bit as the as the week went on or as the excuse me as the game went on but I look at these Packer or excuse me these Minnesota Vikings DBs uh, the McKenzie Alexanders of the world Rashawn Breeland who we are aware of he was in Green Bay five years ago maybe went to the Chiefs won a Super Bowl now he's in Minnesota I think he's exploitable at this stage in his career um, so I look at the Vikings wags And uh, they can do a lot of things, but I think that one thing that this Packers team can do, they can take advantage of the deep ball. Harrison Smith, I believe, was on the COVID list um, earlier this week, so he's going to come back. How uh, spry is he coming back after not playing for a little while there? Um, There's a lot to like if you're a Packers offense, but I do think it starts with the running game, and it starts with the offensive line and A.J. Dillon up front and A.J. Dillon taking care of business and playing the ball that we think he can play. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how much these Vikings uh, defenders shoot gaps and how aggressive they want to be. Uh, I think uh, Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr are certainly uh, two linebackers that pretty much all, even casual Packer fans, are pretty familiar with at this point. And, you know, they can cover a lot of ground. Um, What's interesting, when you dive into some of the analytics on this Vikings defense, when we're talking about the rush defense, they're third to last in the league in yards per carry, uh, 4.7 yards per carry. But they're actually third best in the league in limiting uh, 20 plus yard rushing plays, which is kind of a crazy thing to think about. Um, they're so, so really they're tackling well, but, uh, you know, you get to that second level and they're not really letting guys get too much deeper than that into the defense. Um, so I think one of the things that we're going to hear a lot of is, uh, is such a cliche, but Ben does not, but don't break and Packers are going to have to be patient because, um, we might get, some two or three yard carries a a lot of times, especially if they're being very aggressive and impressing the line of scrimmage and trying to do some things to to limit what AJ Dillon can do. Um, He's always going to cut ball forward. So I don't really have a lot of concerns about that. Um, But um, you know, so I don't know if this, this is the week where we break a a 70 yard rushing touchdown. Um, I'll take it if we get it, but um, I think we need to stay patient and, and keep with the run. Um, let's get AJ Dillon 20 carries or more this week, uh, because 
it, what this tells me is that mm-hmm. in the middle of the field, uh, we can be getting some eight, nine, 10 yard carries against this Vikings defense. And we got to be taking that all day. Uh, so uh, I, I, I agree in the red zone, they really tighten up well as well. So situationally they're pretty good against the run. Um, so, but I think uh, th- what that tells me is that if we don't give up on the run, we're, we're, we're going to be able to be successful on the ground. I don't think this defensive line of the Vikings, you said it, they're getting up mm. there in age. They're, they're just not as talented as they've been in the past years. Uh, so I think we can win up front. It's just a matter of, of how well are we able to execute and push into that second level uh, with the ground game. Uh, so, Dane, I think moving over into the pass uh, offense, uh, this was a, a secondary for the Vikings that turned over pretty significantly last year. Um, so they've got some young talent. They, they supplemented um, those young guys, uh, signed Patrick Peterson in the offseason um, from Arizona, and uh, he is actually just coming back as well. Yeah. Uh, it looks like he'll be ready to go this week. Um, so, you know, this is not a second. And they, they got better in the second half of last season, and, and they've been – you know, pretty solid actually against the pass most of this year. Not a not a top flight unit by any means, but uh, certainly not one that you can just uh, go out there and expect to, to put up 320 yards and four touchdowns against. Uh, but um, so I think this is going to be an interesting matchup uh, to try to test that Viking secondary. Harrison Smith, you mentioned, is coming off of the COVID reserve list. Yeah. He's someone that's always. Uh, he's just a smart, high IQ player. He's a good player. Yeah. Yeah. Always has, um, you know, I think been a, a, a good matchup uh, for Aaron in terms of what the Vikings are trying to do versus what the Packers are trying to do. Um, those two guys have gone head to head, kind of quarterbacking the defense and offense respectively for a number of years now. So uh, a lot of familiarity uh, between them. And um, I think uh, this is also a week that I'd like to see. Um, uh, 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 Adams uh, get really get going. Uh, he's been solid uh, last week, you know, kind of yeah. got his catches, but um, coming off of, of COVID, uh, I, I think Devontae Adams is someone that, you know, at times we, we've seen Aaron key on him maybe a little bit too much if, if that's a criticism, but I'm not going to worry about that this week. I I'd like to see him just get a vintage, you know, 10 to 15 target yeah. game and uh, let just go to work with, with whatever he can do out there. And Wags, I'm curious, um, you look at this defense and we're talking about the Vikings, but anybody who listens to this podcast, I'm pretty confident knows like, they know this Vikings team, right? They, we see them twice a year. Uh, are there any players on the defensive side of the ball that you're circling as players that just to kind of pay extra attention to this week? Yeah, I mean, believe it or not, Everson Griffin is someone that's yeah. been around the block, and he's getting up there in age, but having a, actually a pretty solid year. He's good, year. yeah. And, uh, you know, we've seen this before where if he's able to get going early in the game, it just makes for a long, long game against this Vikings defense. No matter who uh, is is on the back of the jersey as far as uh, who's lined up out there with them, um, because 
Barr and, and McKenzie, we know they like to play aggressively. So if Aaron doesn't feel like he's real comfortable and has time to throw, um, that's going to make things a little bit more difficult for this Packers offense. Uh, and uh, then that also really, really uh, puts us in a hole as far as being able to keep A.J. Dillon involved in the run game. So everything kind of balances together, I, I think. And so uh, Everson Griffin's a guy that, um, I think we might want to pay a little extra attention to this week. We've gone against uh, a real good lineup of, yeah, of pass yeah. rushers in the last month plus. Um, and so he, he may not be the best of the bunch at this point in his career anymore that we faced here recently. But um, I don't think we want to take him lightly because he can he can certainly cause a lot of problems. Yeah, I, I hear you on that. Um, now, something I noticed last week, uh, the Packers play in the last few weeks, really, is kind of interesting. After Big Bob Tunyon went down, seems like the Packers have gone to more of a four wide receiver set in certain situations. I, I think last week, if I'm not mistaken, the share I saw was roughly 20 to 25 percent. Uh, of their share was at four receiver. That was the same as the week prior against Kansas City. Um, do you expect this to be kind of a, a new default for the Packers? I mean, obviously this isn't the, the majority of the snaps, but still that's that's a heck of a lot of time out there where we're seeing, you know, Devontae, Randall, Lazard, MVS, um, theoretically out there with kind of that shotgun formation with A.J. Dillon. We saw the Packers try to run out of that a little bit. Uh, to varying degrees of success last week as well. So is that something you think the Packers are going to continue to do? Do you think they go back to the basics a little bit against Minnesota? Just kind of curious, you know, your read. You're not in the room with the coaches, but curious what your read is on that. Yeah, I think they have to because the problem is is that their other options at tight end are – you know, they can catch the ball, but let's be honest, they're just not as much of a threat as Tunyon was to, to test the defense down the seam, particularly. And so if if you're if you're going out there in, in two tight end sets like they were doing previously, it's just limiting the personnel that uh, can be out there and it makes you a lot easier to cover. One, um, you know, it, it's not necessarily more predictable because you don't have to run out of those sets. But, uh, you know, let's be honest, uh, Mercedes Lewis, I love the guy, but you, you don't need to give extra attention to him when he goes out on pass routes. Um, you know, uh, so we've got same with, you know, Daphne and Deguara at this point. Um, you know, they can catch the ball. So I'm, I'm not taking anything away from their ability to do that, uh, but they just can't you know, beat you over the seam the way that Tunyon can. So uh, by going out there in those sets, uh, the five, four receiver sets, I think what that can do is that can both open up some additional uh, running lanes for A.J. Dillon, uh, but um, it also more realistically allows the Packers to be, um, you know, more flexible in terms of their run pass options. And uh, you've got more uh, pass catchers that the defense have to respect out on the field. So um, it's, it's, you know, not ideal that you have to adjust to those mm -hmm. different types of sets out of necessity, but I think that's kind of where we're at at this point, Dane. Um, the good news is we've got some pretty solid blocking tight ends as well. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not, as significant of a drop-off as you might think. Um, and, uh, you know, sometimes when you get guys out in space, uh, that can give that can give our running 
backs a, a little bit of extra wiggle room as well. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, one thing that I am curious about though, Dane, speaking of is, uh, you know, what do you think we do, um, to get uh, Patrick Taylor? I mean, he's going to have to get some carries this week. Sure is. is he going to get the traditional, go in for a series and gave AJ Dillon a break. Cause we were talking about that where Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon at times seem to just be trading series. It's he's not going to get that much work. I, I don't expect, but do they do that? Or is it going to be within a series where he's going to come in and spell AJ Dillon or what do you expect to see out there? from? Yeah. That? Good question. I think they're spelling. AJ, at this point, I don't think that they're giving Patrick entire series by any stretch. Um, not just not this week. Um, but that could change in the weeks to come, theoretically. But I think that this week, it's, it, I think AJ Dillon is the bell cow for lack of a better term this week for this Packers and probably next week as well. But I think Patrick probably gets worked in and he's going to play 10 to 15 snaps and he's probably going to get five touches for this Packers team. And they're going to give him a chance. And then they might call up um, one of the practice squad running backs as well to just kind of be that third guy. But I think really it's going to be A.J. Dillon's game by Patrick Kaler's getting his going to get his chance to, um, you know, earn his stripes a little bit. And I know it's been a long road to get here for him. He was injured all of last year. You and I had him on the podcast. We really like the guy. Um, this is his chance. To, to seize an opportunity. He's got soft hands out of the backfield too. So that's the other thing that I do want to see um, is, is see if they work him in, in the pass game at all. They weren't doing it a lot with Aaron Jones. So I'm not totally expecting them to do so with Patrick, but Wags, to answer your question, I don't think that they're going to give him an entire series or even like pieces of series, but I do think that when, uh, you know, AJ Dillon's going to need a blow here or there where I would expect to see Patrick Taylor getting in there and getting some looks. I also expect the Packers to go um, empty backfield at times throughout the game. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see DeGuara or Daphne back there kind of in an H back role as well. Uh, and then kind of widen out. I think the Packers can give a lot of different looks this week to try to give AJ Dillon a rest when needed. Do you, I mean, I, we could also see some carries from Amari Rogers and Randall Cobb and more of yeah. a, you know, a, uh, a, a pitch or a, a, a jet sweep type play, uh, not necessarily lining up in a one back set in the backfield, but um, that could be something that could, you know, uh, sometimes those plays don't work very well, but um, we haven't seen a lot of them in Packers offense. So that certainly could be something that they try to implement a, a time or two this week as well. Uh, mm -hmm. Dane, I think one other thing before we switch over to the defensive side that I guess I'm just kind of curious about from your perspective is, is this a week that we can get MBS? a little bit more involved. He's been pretty sporadic in terms of his uh, touches since he's come back. Um, I'm not, not necessarily through anything that he's done, but is this a time that we can get MVS? And, and it seems like sometimes when all they're doing is trying to go long to him, uh, it, it doesn't necessarily click. Um, so I'm wondering if there's some things that they could do to, to get him some confidence and, and get him some touches, um, perhaps in some, some uh, shorter or higher leverage uh, routes or situations. Um, I, I'm not suggesting that they force him just because, but um, do you see some benefit in perhaps uh, getting MBS a few more touches this week as well? 
I'd love to see him get worked in to this. I, I, I do, though, stand by your philosophy this week of if we can get the ball to Devontae, we get the ball to Devontae as much as possible. I'm not that guy every week. I would like to see some diversity. But looking at this Vikings team, I'd like to see Devontae get the lion's share offensively in, in receiving. I just think that the Vikings don't have any DBs that can keep up with Devontae whatsoever. So why not get Devontae the ball, see what he can do with it as much as possible. Um, but bigger picture, and even in this game, it'd be nice to see MVS get just a little bit more. I, it was it was kind of frustrating to see that injury, I thought, happen You know, earlier in the year. It kind of took him out of this game or out of the flow a little bit earlier in the year. So any way that they can try to get him involved would be great. But I do see this as, as, as a potential chance for him. It's a chance week. And Wags, I wouldn't be surprised to see Aaron take a shot towards uh, MVS early deep again. I know we're talking about maybe working him in other ways, but looking at the defensive backs that the Vikings employ uh, this this time of year, it just feels like um, they are kind of due to give up a big play here or there, and uh, they're going to be spending an – we know how this Vikings, we know how Zimmer works. They're going to be focusing a ton on Devontae. So MVS might be able to kind of get his a little bit more this week. So do I think that they should manufacture plays just to kind of get the ball in his hands? No, uh, I don't personally. But um, is he a guy who's available for a shot here or there? And then, you know, running your regular route tree, can he be maybe the first or second option on some of these routes? Absolutely. And I think this Packers offense would be better for it. Yeah, and I guess I, I've lied. I've got one more thing that I think we should talk about. Uh, Aaron Rodgers hasn't practiced this week, so yeah. he hasn't practiced at all uh, since he got diagnosed for COVID. It's been a month almost at this yeah, point. Yeah, and it's not a concern that he's going to play. He's definitely going to play on Sunday. Uh, but I guess more specifically, what what do we need out of Aaron this week? I feel like this might be a game where we need a little bit more from him uh, than what we've gotten in his last couple of performances and last week in particular. Um, but am I wrong on that? Or do we need uh, to have a little bit more of an on Aaron Rodgers this week uh, in I'd, order to, to steal a win in Minnesota? I'd like to. And I think you're putting it the right way and steal a win. I really do. I think this is going to be an incredibly hard game for this Packers team. Uh, I throw the records out whenever the Packers play the Vikings, but going on the road, LaFleur openly admitting this is a tired team. Aaron Rodgers not practicing for three weeks. Uh, all the injuries, it just, it catches up with teams at a certain point. It does. I don't care. They're, they're, not, they're not superhuman here. They're, they're just a bunch of dudes that happen to be really good at football. Uh, and they're a really good team, but it does catch up with you. And the Vikings, I think, are better than a lot of folks give them credit for. They've had a lot of close losses this year, uh, which means that sometimes that can translate into some close wins as well. Uh, so I do have a lot of concerns. So this week, Aaron Rodgers, um, I want him to just be sharper and make better decisions. He made, I thought, a few decisions that just were not Aaron Rodgers-like at all. Say what you will about Aaron. I'll say a lot of great things about Aaron. He's my favorite player. Um, but the, the what I'll say about him was it was very uncharacteristic, that interception in the end zone last week. And I think he'd be the first guy to raise his hand and be like, I need to be better uh, on those decisions. So he can't have those. We can't give away balls like we gave away to Seattle and expect to win. If we're going to lose a turnover battle against Minnesota on the road with all the other odds stacked against us, 
I don't like our chances. But if Rodgers is efficient with the ball wags, the Packers can get the run game going and he can take what this defense gives them because I do think this defense is going to probably play too high a little bit and make Rodgers march down the field to make this offense be consistent and not make mistakes. If he can do that, though, uh, I expect the Packers to have a good day, but he just needs to make a decision to play within this offense. Yeah, I mean, don't forget, we, we saw Coach Zimmer as a coordinator. He went against uh, Aaron Rodgers and this Packers offense a number of times. So he's he he knows what he wants to do against Aaron Rodgers. And not that he has some magic formula to, to shut him down or anything. They certainly haven't done that. But um, he, he's going to, you know, situationally try to win certain battles within mm-hmm. the war. And uh, so I think we just need to um, weather the storm in some of those situations. And uh, I think the biggest thing is we've been good with limiting turnovers. I do have a little bit of concern with ball security this week. First yeah. week without Aaron Jones uh, getting a number of carries. Um, AJ Dillon's done a better job of that the last couple of weeks. Um, has been fortunate that he doesn't lose a few fumbles uh, the previous two weeks to that. Um, so uh, certainly uh, I have no reason to expect that He's going to put the ball on the ground, but between him and now you've got a young guy in Patrick Taylor that we've got confidence in, but sometimes go on the road. You don't have a lot of experience, aggressive defense. They're going to be swiping at that football. Um, So we really need to make sure that uh, we uh, hold on to the ball and and don't give them any uh, uh, freebie opportunities as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So Dane, I think before we go over to the defense, let's take a quick break. And can you tell us a little bit, about our our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, and kind of what the offer that they've got going on and, and kind of what you've been doing with your wife, Andrea, on DraftKings? Listen, my wife did not have the DraftKings Sportsbook uh, app. She just didn't have it. And, uh, you know, DraftKings had this awesome sponsorship where you use the promo code TPP. And uh, she uh, put a dollar, what, $5 in, a dollar down, got some money back and started betting on some of these games, Wags. And uh, and I'll tell you what, some of these players, and she has made a little bit of money. I'm not going to lie. She's doing really well week to week. Last week was a little rough. Two weeks ago was particularly rough for her. But I think this week she's going in knowing that A.J. Dillon is the bell cow. Um, You know, every week she takes a Packer here or there and wins, it seems. And I think that this week she's really circling A.J. Dillon. And a lot of it is uh, the reason she's winning is because of this DraftKings Sportsbook by using the promo code TPPN. Wait, she's a winner. Thanks to DraftKings. So thank you, DraftKings. For sure. She's a winner in life too, Dave. But uh, (laughs) here you have it. Uh, Just a ride the A.J. Dillon hot hand. That's right. uh, Tip from Andrea of the week. (laughs) So use that promo code. Uh, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Uh, Promo code TPPN. Uh, The current offer is if you bet $1 on either team to score, you can win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. 
gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, so Dane, <laughs> uh, one of my favorite subjects of the year is uh, when we get to play the Vikings and sorry, I'm just going to say shit on Kirk Cousins. Hey, he's, mm-hmm. he's, uh, he does okay, but uh, I just like shitting on Kirk Cousins. So I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, we were a little bit borderline too complimentary, I think, of the Vikings so far. Um, and uh, you know what? Kirk's having a, a pretty good year uh, when you look at the numbers. Uh, but against the Packers, he's had some good games and he's had some bad games. Mm-hmm. And so I think what what do you think the key is to making this a bad Kirk Cousins game this week. Kirk Cousins is the garbage man. He gets a lot of garbage time stats as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I really dislike Kirk Cousins. um, And uh, I'm so glad the Vikings have invested so much financially in Cousins over the years. That's the reason that they're a middling team in the NFL and why, you know, their, their fan base cries every year and never wins a championship. It's because of players like Kirk Cousins in their front office. So that's what I think about Kirk Cousins. And I think that this week, Kirk Cousins is going to get a heavy dose of Rashawn Gary. Uh, Rashawn's going to dominate this Minnesota Vikings offensive line. I think that, um, you know, they've got a lot of good individual players. This Vikings team, Jefferson is a remarkable wide receiver. He's one of the best young wide receivers in the game. Feeling, getting a little older, but he can still make it hurt quite a bit. Obviously, Delvin Cook is top tier running back. And then, you know, we've got Kirk Cousins. So they've got a bunch of individuals. I don't think that they play as a team all the time. And I think that this Packers defense has been really, really good at getting after the quarterback, not necessarily always translating it into sacks, but just getting the quarterbacks flustered, moving the quarterbacks off their mark, making them make bad decisions. And I expect this to be the case with Kirk Cousins this week. Wags, I expect the Packers defense, particularly Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and, uh, and you know, even, even guys like Garvin uh, to get after Cousins this week and just make him throw some incomplete passes, maybe sail a couple balls high. And I expect the Vikings to lose the turnover battle because Kirk Cousins is going to make some bad decisions. Yeah, it's interesting. You'd think with Jefferson and Thielen uh, on the outside and then obviously uh, Dalvin Cook in the backfield that this has been kind of a big play. Vikings offense. They've been a little boomer bust. Sometimes they struggle almost opposite of what the Packers have been this year, Mm -hmm. where the Packers have been really quite consistent, moving the chains, getting downfield, and then they've kind of struggled at times with their red zone efficiency so so far this year. Um, In past years, the Vikings have been a, a team that uh, sometimes can be really in, inconsistent series to series, but then, you know, one series, they'll just, you know, they'll get a 60 yard pass completion or, a, you know, a long run from Dalvin cook, the next series uh, or two series are out there and three and out. Um, so I, I don't see a lot of, of that from this Vikings offense this year. What's, what's interesting with those pass catchers, Thielen is, at this point, he's he's more dangerous when they get into the red zone. Um, he's still a guy that can put up touchdowns and seems to know how to find openings in the defense and obviously has a really good chemistry and rapport with Kirk Cousins. Uh, but he's not the type of guy that typically 
is going to stretch the defense or beat you downfield uh, between the twenties. Not saying he can't hurt you in those situations, but he's not, he's on the downside of his career. He's not mm-hmm. the big play explosive receiver that he was a few years ago. Um, that is now a role that's t- been taken over by Justin Jefferson. And uh, he's the one that I think the Packers need to be really focused on and not to lose sight of Thielen, but uh, Jefferson uh, didn't, uh, hurt the Packers too much in their first meeting, but he gave them a dose in their second meeting yeah. last year. Uh, and he's having a, a really, really under the radar, uh, but really, really solid year two yeah. as well. He can ball. So, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, it seems to be turning it on a, a bit in the last few weeks as well. Uh, so um, I think it's going to be an interesting task for this defense. Are they going to try to do similar things where um, they really only had six guys in the box? to try to slow down that Seattle running game last week. I don't know that they can get away with that this week against a guy like Dalvin Cook, uh, because if he gets to that second level and you don't have that gap filled, he can be off to the races. Um, so it, that's that's a difficult assignment in and of itself. Um, he's, he's not as necessarily as dangerous as a pass catcher out of the backfield as other running backs around the league. Uh, but uh, in terms of this passing game, um, I think what, what what we really need to do is just try to uh, limit uh, the deep plays and Packers uh, on the back end have, have, as far as I'm concerned, been uh, basically one of the top teams in the league in lim- limiting big plays this year. Uh, so if they continue that, I think what can happen then is that's where you can force Kirk Cousins to get into some mistakes. Um, with Rashawn Gary getting after the quarterback, if he's not – getting the downfield looks that he's used to or that he likes to see. He might throw the ball up to us a few mm-hmm. times. Uh, so that's where we need to take advantage of, uh, of trying to stop Kirk Cousin. He might, you know what, I'll be honest with you. This might be a week where this defense surrenders a lot more yards than they've done yeah. in a few weeks. Um, I don't care if Kirk Cousins throws for three. Well, I do. But he might throw for 330 yards. But if we get two or three interceptions off of him, I think that's a pretty good day at the office because mm. then we're taking the ball away and, and we're really forcing Kirk Cousins to, you know, um, put himself in a situation where he's trying to put everything on his shoulders, force the ball downfield, and he's throwing a little bit more than he wants to. Uh, and that means that they're not handing the ball off to Delvin Cook quite as much as well. So um, mm-hmm. I guess I'm dusting off the old let Kirk Cousins throw. The more he throws, the better it is for this Packers defense. That might sound counterintuitive, but I really believe that um, if we're able to limit the big play, if he throws 40 plus times, I think that's probably a good sign at mm-hmm. the end of the day that the score is, is going to be kind of in the neighborhood of where we want it to be. So Wiggs, how do we limit somebody like Delvin Cook, who has a history, not just against Packers, but against the league of being premier? You know, how, how does this Packers defense limit this run game uh, of the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah, I, you know, what's what's interesting is, is that um, it, it's going to be a lot of game flow, right? So we can't fall behind early. And I know that's kind of being a little bit simplistic in an explanation, but, um, but look, if, if, if the Packers offense is able to keep pressure on this Vikings uh, offense on the other side of the field, and, and they're trying to um, keep pace, so to say, um, I think uh, uh, Delvin Cook is a guy that 
it only takes one carry, unfortunately, uh, for him to be off to the races. So you're just going to have to be kind of cognizant of him the whole day. And I, and I, I, what I will say is that the way that Devondre Campbell, especially, and the way that Chris Barnes has come on yeah. in the last couple of weeks to complement what Campbell's been doing, gives me a lot more confidence that we can, you know, do what we need to do against Cook. So uh, to me, um, Let's again. I think it's similar to what I just said about about Kirk Cousins. Uh, let's let's uh, try to um, uh, keep those guys pressing downhill. Uh, we we might give some passing uh, plays up underneath or across the middle as a result of that, and some play action situations. But as long as it doesn't result in pack and the Vikings taking the ball from you know, the 30 to the Packers 20 in, you know, one play multiple times over the course of this game. If we're forcing them to have to work their way down the field, uh, I think uh, that's going to be something that's going to be in our favor, uh, both in the pass and the run defense this week. Uh, Delvin Cook is a guy uh, that he's going to get his touches, but if, um, if, if the Packers are controlling the clock on the offensive side, putting up some points on the board and they don't need to put 40 up by any means, right. but if they put some points on the board and they control the clock, that's going to put a little bit more urgency on the Vikings offense uh, to try to make those big plays. Um, so my, my whole goal is to make the Vikings feel that urgency and pressure to force things a little bit. And if, if we're doing that, um, I think that's, that's going to be something that's, going to be in our favor they're going to score some points yeah. folks I, I we're not going to get a second shot out in a row I, I i i just don't think that's going to happen but uh you know the, that's okay um we can we, we can win this game with the vikings putting up a few points it's just gonna come down to making them work uh for for those points that they do get wags how good has tj slayton been the last few weeks for real i mean i think that uh he only played i think 12 or so snaps last week but they're impactful yet again um i've got to think that with delvin cook at least early in the game we're going to see another heavy dose of Slayton in there with Kenny Clark and Dean Lowry. Um, I, I think that Tyler Lancaster has come on and played some pretty inspired football as well. Dean Lowry's played some incredible football for the Packers. I know Kingsley Kiki is probably expected to be back. I expect him more in a pass rush role when he comes back because of how Slayton's been. But how do you see this shaking out? Um, because I, I really do see Slayton earning more snaps, especially early in downs, because he has been that good. Yeah, I think he's earned them. And as you said, Kiki's coming off of concussion and it looks like he'll probably play this week. But uh, this has been the plan that we were been hoping for yeah. for a while now, even before Kiki had that injury is uh, let's see if we can uh, work some of these other guys in to get some additional snaps, particularly in runs, rundowns or early down situations uh, and try to utilize Kiki in more obvious pass downs. Um, and he's going to get his share of snaps. Don't get me wrong, but I'd like to see him. Uh, be as fresh as possible uh, to be mm -hmm. putting pressure on Kirk Cousins uh, right next to Kenny Clark. Uh, so yeah, I think TJ Slayton, um, he's been he's been impressive. He's really been hard to move. He's like that immovable object in the middle, big man. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think he's really done a fine job uh, as well, soaking up blockers, um, not not taking unnecessary risks. To you know, sometimes you see those young defensive linemen. They've got you know 
eyes the size of dinner plate. They see a running back. They try to do a scrum move, uh, and all of a sudden, they just get washed completely out of the play uh, by a a pulling guard or kind of someone that's out of their line of sight. Uh, But uh, TJ's been very disciplined in in containing his gap uh, composure, and uh, I think that's all you can ask for uh, someone in his role. And for a young player, I've been extremely impressed that he's uh, been able to go out there and, and stick to what he does best. Uh, so if we continue, continue to do that, I couldn't agree with you more, Dane. I think this is uh, obviously a guy that can help this Packer defense down the stretch. And uh, with some of the issues that we've had, uh, both at the uh, f- uh, first level, as well as, as with our edge rushers in terms of the freshness and the injuries that we've had um, uh, to certain degrees across both those position groups. Uh, I do think it's important that we can mix in as many of these guys as we can, particularly if they're earning uh, those Mm -hmm. snaps and and getting the job done. Wanked anything else on the Packers defensive side before we get to our uh, X factors and our game predictions here today? Yeah, and I guess I have a question for you. Who do yeah. you, wh- how do you see us matching up? We you know, we talk about Thielen and Jefferson, but mm-hmm. um who do you think draws those primary assignments this week? How do you think that shakes down? I you know, I it seems like the Packers are kind of lining it up a little bit, but I would expect Stokes to get on Jefferson a little bit more. I think Stokes has earned the right. He's been that good uh, overall, but I I think the Packers are going to rotate uh, on the perimeter again this week, we're going to see some Stokes. We're going to see some King and Razul Douglas all rotating in throughout. I think that they think they're at their best when they're able to do that. And Shannon Sullivan is just locking down, uh, for a lack of a better term, that um, that position in the slot. He seems to be the guy. I mean, if you remember earlier in the year, uh, there was talk that when Kevin King came back, you know, he could be in the slot and be Alexander and be Stokes on the outside and keep that. That is no longer part of the conversation. Shannon Sullivan is the slot corner for this Packers defense. And so I expect them to rotate those guys out in the perimeter. And I think that um, Jefferson's going to get a heavy dose of a number of guys. But I would expect the majority of which is going to be with Stokes. And we're going to see a little bit more Kevin King and a little bit more Razul Douglas out on Thielen. And if I had to actually like guess, guess, I think a little bit more Razul Douglas on Thielen this week because he's just playing at a pretty high level right now. Yeah, and you know, one thing I think also to keep an eye on is um, even if Rashawn Gary goes, he may be on a little bit of a pitch count this week. And uh, with with uh, Whitney Merciless now out, um, you know, that's uh, obviously Zedarius is is, is out, of course. Um, This you said we can get after Cousins. They've actually protected him really well this year. I think they've given up the second least sacks Mm -hmm. um, across the NFL. Uh, So not that we can't get after him, but when you're you're potentially missing some of your top guys, um, what do you think? Is this a week that we might need to send a little bit of help in order to uh, disrupt, or is that a risk proposition that you don't see this uh, Packers defensive coaching staff taking too often? I, it's a good question, and it's something that I think is going to determine be determined as the game moves on. I think the Packers are going to work a lot of guys out. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to be Preston Smith. We're going to see obviously Rashawn as much as we can get out of him this week. We're going to see Garvin get his, I think, normal amount of snaps. But uh, Tipa Nalei got called up from the practice squad. He's in his second uh, season with this team, mostly on the practice squad, now getting some run. Um, and he's going to get some snaps this week. The Packers had released Ladarius uh, Hamilton 
Now Ladarius is back on the practice squad. He was protected this week. That leads me to believe he's going to be active this week as well, rushing the passer. So I think the Packers are going to work a lot of different pass rushers in throughout the week, see how that's going, or excuse me, throughout the game. And we're going to see how that first quarter, quarter and a half goes, Wags. And uh, if they feel the need to start bringing guys up in the box, maybe get three DBs in there, Henry Black, bringing Darnell Savage down closer to the box. We might see that as needed. Might see Shannon Sullivan off the edge as well. Um, you know, some of these guys and get creative. But I do think, Wags, for the first quarter, quarter and a half, maybe even half, we're going to see what we can do to roll the dice with our pass rushers and see if we can make an impact that way. After that, all bets are off if we're not getting to the quarterback. Yeah, no, and I agree. And but uh, the way that this secondary has been playing, what what that can do is if you send a Savage or you send a Sullivan or you send a Razul Douglas, uh, that can force the Vikings. Even if Cousins reads the blitz and they they don't get into for a sack, it can force them to have to throw the ball more quickly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think the way that this secondary group has been playing at such a high level, communicating and they're rotating around in coverage, that can still be disruptive. So even if Kirk gets rid of the ball and reads the blitz, uh, then it's just the next dive rotating over. And uh, so that could result in, in a, a short pass play and, and go into the Packers favor too, mm-hmm. even if they're not getting home. So there's different ways to force uh, the offense into action that they're not really, you know, would like to do. Uh, but what that can do is then now the Packers defense is dictating terms a little bit. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if we see a little bit of that. We haven't done much of it, haven't had to. Um, but if uh, if if the if we're not able to necessarily just roll the dice and expect that the four guys we have out there are going to get pre- enough pressure on Cousins every time, um, I think it would be wise uh, to have uh, some different looks and some different schemes uh, uh, kind of ready to go, as you said, depending on how the game unfolds. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Dane, do you have any other defensive thoughts? Um, otherwise, I think maybe just... Not that we usually talk a lot about special teams in the preview because it's sort of more of a reactive thing. Um, But I guess I do want to ask you, because we did get some information from the coaching staff this week about uh, Mason Crosby's struggles and kind of what they've been seeing. Um, So do you want, do you have any, you know, reaction to, to that? Because it sounds like they were happier with the, the the protection and and I'm talking about field goals, um, but um, felt like Mason was uh, kind of just uh, leaning a little bit and and that Mm -hmm. was causing him to pull. Um, you know, I, I know a couple of weeks ago, Coach Drayton made the comment that they owe Mason um, protection. They gave him that, and, and he still struggled uh, with that yeah. missed field goal. So um, any any thoughts uh, as we kind of head into this week or moving forward on, on where we're at in terms of field goal protection, et cetera? <laughs> None. We'll see what happens on Sunday. I really don't know what's going to happen. And, and I'll tell you what, I don't know if anybody, if you ask them, if they told you they were definitive, including the coaching staff or Mason Crosby himself, I don't think that they could give you a real answer. I think we'll find out on Sunday. I really just don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, so Dane, uh, I think it's time then. Let's move over into predicting our B legendary X factors of the week. It's time for X factors and score predictions. Um, so we've already got one score prediction in the 
the chat. Thanks, uh, John Stone on Facebook for throwing that in there. Uh, so anyone else listening along um, here live on Facebook or YouTube uh, or Twitter, if you have any uh, predictions for X factors or scores, uh, throw those in the chat now. So, um, Dane, I'm going to let you lead it off. Uh, offensively, who are you circling as potential X factor this week? Yeah, it's a good question. We talked about him. It's MBS. I, I want to know what MBS can do. If he can break one open, um, this this offense is going to be rolling. That's where I'm at this week. So I want to see what MBS can do. He's my X factor. If the Packers can get a little bit more, um, dare I say, eclectic uh, than, than Devontae Adams and A.J. Dillon, especially with Aaron Jones out this week and get another wide receiver rolling. Uh, I think that they're going to have a really good chance. MVS is my wide receiver of choice this week uh, based on this Vikings defense. I know how they play. Um, I think that there's going to be room for him to get some chunk plays. And I think there's room for him in maybe a breakdown. Some of these DBs coming back off the COVID list, a little bit of miscommunication. MVS is raw talent. Whatever it is, MVS could take one to the house this week. He's my X factor. Yeah, I think MVS was going to be mine. I'm going to change it up just for the sake of it and do sure. my one one B. Um, but MVS, I think this particular week is the definition of an X factor. Um, so I, you know, uh, the right pick as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go a little bit off the reservation, not totally, but um, going to going to go with uh, one of our young tight ends and Josiah Deguara. He's a guy that, as far as uh, the, in the pass offense hasn't been getting targeted all that much um, and, and not necessarily for good or bad reason, but um, we were talking a little bit as we were looking at the matchups and what the Vikings like to do and uh, the aggressiveness of those inside linebackers with, with Kendricks and, and uh, uh, with the uh, bar. Um, I think it does call uh, for our tight ends to do something to counteract mm. that. Uh, and uh, so I think this could be something that the Packers are going to be pre- having to prepare to game plan, uh, whether it's DeGuara, uh, maybe it's Daphne, it could be, you know, Mercedes, be all of them. Um, but I'm just going to take a roll of the dice and I'm going to say DeGuara might get a few extra targets this week than what he's been getting. Um, and uh, as a way to try to, um, you know, keep this Vikings defense honest, particularly across the middle. Uh, hasn't gotten really targeted at all in the red zone. So maybe he's a sneaky guy uh, that gets a red zone target or two and could get in the end zone this week as well. So I'm going to go with Josiah DeGuara uh, to be my offensive X factor this week and make a little bit more of an impact in the past game than what he's been able to do so far this season. I love it. I love it. I think that uh, why not, right? I think that he's working his way in. He had a tough luck year one with that ACL injury. Came back, had some concussions concussions early uh, this season. And I think he's just really working his way in these last couple weeks. I think that he's a good choice. And he's somebody, Wags, that is definitely a good X-Factor candidate and a guy who um, could be on Packers fans' radars as this season progresses the second half. And it wouldn't surprise me. I think that's a good choice. For sure. So, Dane, when we look at the defense, uh-huh. um, any, who who stands out to you? Who do you have circled as a defensive extractor? I'll say Razul Douglas again. Um, you know, I, I had him for the Cardinals game, and uh, he delivered. I'm going to go back to the Razul Douglas well on this one, and uh, I'll tell you what, I think he gets another interception this week. I've been good, Wags, predicting DBs getting interceptions for this Packers defense. I think Kirk Cousins giving the ball 
uh, to the Packers a couple times on Sunday. And one of those is going to end up in Razul's hands. Uh, I think Razul's going to have a really nice game for the Packers defense. He's going to have a few tackles. He's been physical. He's been in the right place at the right time. And on Sunday, uh, Kirk Cousins lets that ball leave his hand just a little early. And Razul's like, "Uh uh-uh, that's my football. So Razul Douglas is my defensive X factor this week. Man, I shouldn't let you go first this week. Razul <laughs> oh, no. was a guy that was in my gut. That was who I was going to go with, too. Uh, oh, no. So that's crazy. But uh, We're I, I two for two, a, Wags. I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign, Dane. I, I really <laughs> don't. But um, but uh, I'll change it up again. And uh, my 1B was going to be Eric Stokes. I think he's going to have the ball thrown his way, um, for better or for worse, if he is uh, getting a heavy dose of, of Justin Jefferson this week. And same thing. I think mm-hmm. the youngin is going to come up with a big interception. I dare I say that this is the week that the defense scores a touchdown. Uh, now, I don't know if it will be your guy, my guy, or someone we didn't I'll take it. It doesn't really matter. I'll take it one way or the other. Uh, but if we're able to force some turnovers and turn at least one of those into some points the other direction uh, with the pick six. I I think that would be kind of a magical formula for a tired team uh, to overcome and, and get in there and, and um, uh, tilt things in their favor. So Dane, I like your selection. I like like my selection. Uh, Let's roll with this. And uh, I think Kirk can throw us the football a couple of times this week. Now it's up to us just to make sure that, we hang on to that ball uh, and uh, make do with what we get. So, um, Dane. Greg, I think that I should ask you your prediction after I stole both of your X factors this week for the uh, prediction Packers versus Vikings. Who you got this week and what's the score? Yeah, I'm kind of going pretty middle of the road. I'm going to stick with the Packers. I think we can go in there. We can continue to roll. Um it's hard to call this a trap game. I get the sentiment or the feeling mm-hmm. of it considering where we're at. I totally agree with, with everything you were saying earlier about the injuries mounting up, limited practice time for Rodgers and Adams and others. Uh, you know, it's 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 getting to that point where you're just asking an awful lot. But I think somehow, some way, we just – maybe we this is the week where we have a couple of plays that we, you know – don't normally count on that pick six. Um, maybe we get, um, you know, a, a long uh, touchdown reception from MBS. Uh, just a, a couple of plays that uh, just kind of just give us just enough uh, energy and juice to put us over the top. And uh, this is a Vikings uh, team. You know, one thing, it's going to be a close game because they've played every game close. Yeah. Uh, they've lost more of them than they won. Uh, but a uh, spoiler alert, if you look at their record, uh, but I am going to go with the Packers 27, the Vikings 24, and, uh, we come out of Minnesota nine and two and, uh, put uh, perhaps a nail in the coffin of the Vikings playoff opportunity. I love it. I love it. Wags. I, I think you're right. It's going to be a very close game. We're very close in score as well. I have it a one point win for the green Bay Packers, 24 to 23, And uh, you asked me what's going on with the special teams. I don't know, but I know that Mason Crosby is hitting a game-winning field goal. That's what I know is going to happen because it gets weird up in Minnesota. It always does. I hate the Vikings, and I think Mason Crosby is going to drill one from about 45 yards out. Rodgers is going to get the pass. It's going to be a tough game. 
It's going to be a tough game for the offense. I think it's going to be a frustrating game for this Packers offense. Uh, Zimmer, I think part of the reason Zimmer got hired by the Vikings all those years ago is because of some of some of his success against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I think Zimmer's on the hot seat. I think that this team is kind of pulling apart at the seams up there in Minnesota. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at the Packers. And uh, when we need it most, Rodgers is going to get the Packers into scoring position. Mace is going to kick one through. Again, 24-23. Packers win. Crosby gets carried off the field. And we're going to 9-2. and two. All right. I lo- I, okay. I'll take that for sure. Um, sounds like it's going to be a nail biter, though, if, if either of our predictions are <laughs> yeah. right uh, one way or the other. So, folks, thanks so much for listening along here. Um, really appreciate it. Uh, share us with a friend. Rate, review us. Uh, you can find us on uh, social media, at Lombardi's Legends, uh, on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, we've got a YouTube channel, got a Facebook channel, uh, and you can, of course, if you're listening to the audio, um, obviously you can find us, uh, iTunes, um, you know, um, everywhere you can find podcasts. So appreciate you listening. Dane, any other closing thoughts on this one before we sign off? Nope. Let's take care of business on Sunday, Wags. Awesome. Uh, so folks, thanks so much. As always, go pack go. Go pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.